Grace and peace to you from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The, the world, as we know, can be a dangerous place. There's constant mayhem and turmoil in, in almost every place. And it seems that that mayhem and turmoil reaches our shores more than maybe it used to. And it gives us occasionally to think about what we should do about it. It's not hard to find yourself in an unpleasant situation. It's not hard to find yourself in an uncomfortable situation. And sometimes we can find a way through it, and, and sometimes we're just left with our uncomfortableness. One day in October on Fire Safety Month, years and years ago, a teacher had invited the fire department to come through and talk to her student. I was in that class because I was a student for the seminary, and part of my job as a seminary student was to visit Lutheran classrooms. And so they, the firefighters came in, they were discussing what we should do if, if the building was on fire, and he said the first thing you need to do is you need to drop down on your hands and knees at any time when you're in a fire and crawl to the nearest door. The nearest exit would be great, but a door that will lead you to the exit. And before you open the door, you've got to put your hand on the door to make sure that the, the, uh, that there's not fire on the other side of the door. And then he explained it, and then he talked to the students. He's like, so, so first of all, guys, why do we drop down on our hands and knees in the event of a fire? One of our enterprising Lutheran students raised his hand, and we went, yes, I Johnny, he goes, because you're going to have to start with prayer for God to get you out of your mess. <laughs> I was like, that's a good kid right there. <laughs> Sign that kid up for seminary right now. And he was right, though. I mean, we find ourselves in messes and then we come to the Lord and we ask the Lord to get us out of our mess. We all have disappointments. We have family fights. We have illnesses, financial shortfalls, periods of grief, sometimes little griefs, and sometimes colossal griefs. And we pray, Lord, be with me and give me strength. Be, as we'll talk about with the youth service today, be for me a real and present God, a mighty fortress, a ready help in my time of trouble. This was true not only for us, but it was true of the disciples as well. In the days after Jesus had ascended back unto His heavenly home, the world, this place that you and I live and function in, became significantly more dangerous for the disciples. It can be a dangerous place. It's, it's dangerous physically as the Jewish leaders intended for it to be for Jesus when they plotted to have Jesus arrested ultimately crucified. It's dangerous for us materialistically as it was for Judas when he allowed the highly prized silver to blind him to Jesus' real value. It can be a dangerous place for us spiritually like with Judas after he had betrayed Jesus when he misses that good news of forgiveness. And after that guilt had, had rammed on him and, and settled upon him, the guilt of what he had done in selling out his Lord and Master. And yet spiritually, he wasn't able to come to that realization of forgiveness even for himself. And he died a wicked and foolish death. 
The world is dangerous for Peter, as Jesus warned him. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but I've prayed for you. That your faith may not fail. The world's dangerous. It's dangerous to our unity, as it was to the disciples when they jostled amongst themselves, asking, who is the greatest? It is infectious, and even though it's not our true home, and we know full well that this is not our true home, we know full well that, that our eternal rest lies in our Lord Jesus Christ, in a new heaven and a new earth that He is yet to even bring about, but He has promised that, He has made us heirs of that new kingdom, we still sort of look at this world as if it really, really matters, when it really, really doesn't. Ah, now don't get me wrong, we have to survive in it. It's not the most important thing. We can pick up traits of the world like jealousy. We can pick up traditions of the world. We pick up self, self-centeredness. We pick up piety and pity and grudges and gossip and much, much more. In these cases, we can do a couple of things. We can try to go it alone and cut ourselves off from the rest of the world. We can try to retreat from all of the evil people and and go to some holy mountain someplace and just live out there in the mountains all by ourselves. Bar the door so that the evil ones cannot find us, so that the sinners cannot find us, so that the sick cannot find us, that the immoral will not take their place among us and disrupt our love feast. Or we can surrender to the world and just sort of join the world. It'll keep us out of trouble with a lot of people. But i got to tell you, if the church joins the world, you wonder if the world actually needs a church. Is not surrender a lot like just giving up on God? And just floating along with the currents and doing what everybody else is doing for whatever reason they choose this week? Both options are even more dangerous. Both options, either sectarianism or going alone or the the permissiveness and surrendering to the issues of the day only multiplies the dangers we face by threatening to separate us from the love of God. It was God who sent us off into the world, after all. I love Luther's got a little essay on, on, on salvation and when, why we're here. He says, you know, if God was really smart at the time of our conversion, at the time of our baptism, he could just scoop us up and take us off into heaven. Because after all, we have already been saved, so why are we left here? Luther says he's being facetious in the entire argument. We are left in order to preach the word. God leaves his children in the world in danger's way, in harm's way, in order to spread the gospel explicitly by making disciples, by baptizing them and teaching them the doctrines of God, teaching them the ways of God. And it was God who tells us to be holy as He is holy and then shows us how to do it. Despite the fact that we're never going to be able to do it perfectly, it's almost like God says, I need y'all to go swimming, just don't get wet. Go rub shoulders with the evil people, but don't let their evil rub off on you. But that is the task. That is the task of the church. It is the tasks of Christ's people, and it's our task, and it's not impossible. And we know it's not impossible because we have a great high priest who intercedes for us. Who goes to the Father on our behalf. Who prays for us by name. 
And that intercession makes all the difference in the world. As Christ who ascended unto his Father and sits at his right hand, who asks to intercede on our behalf, he asks the Father to send his only angels to be with us, to protect us, to care for us, to guide us, to help us. Christians cannot withdraw from the world. We cannot run. We cannot hide. We cannot ignore our high calling because if we could, then the world would be without light. If we could, the world would be without salt. And the world would fall into darkness and decay with no help at all. Without no hope at all. So what do we do? Well, we deal with the monster. We remain faithful unto God without compromising our faith as Jesus has prayed. Father, protect them by the power of your word. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you would protect them from the evil one. One of the marks of a good family is that it offers safety and protection, a place where we can emotionally grow, that we can be protected socially and psychologically and, and physically from the harshness of the world. To protect our families, we use all sorts of things. We use security systems and we've put airbags in our automobiles and seat belts and immunizations and self-defense programs and neighborhood watches and, and much, much more. Good families go out of their way in order to provide protection for those that live in the house. Can you possibly think, could you possibly think that God has not done this for us? And we may not see the airbags and we may not see the seat belts, but the Lord God is there. He is real. And he is present in our lives every single day. For God's way is perfect, says the psalmist. The way of God is perfect and the Lord is flawless. He is a shield for all who take refuge in him. In the face of this very dangerous world, we have divine deliverance. And that divine deliverance comes through the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. For he has granted us the forgiveness of our sins. And unto us he grants the strength that no matter the circumstances, that we will be able to stand. By the power of his invocation and his holy and glorious name. Nothing can defeat us when we are joined together to God by faith. And knowing that we are joined to God by faith. Can we be anything but joyful? Can we be anything but joyful being united with God in a faith like ours, even in the face of great danger, even in the face of, of, of even terminal death? Can we not be joyful? The Lord has called us and made us heirs of his heavenly kingdom. We will remain in the world for now. Just as Christ has desired for us to do. And here we shall stand in full view of everyone. And give glory to God. Our refuge and strength. Our present help in a time of every danger. The Lord God be with you. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen.